Good morning. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Hey, if you're on, tell us hello. We like to know who it is we're talking to. I'm one of them. So who else is out there? <laughs> what does so, that say? Two right now? It says two. That's yes. us. Oh, are you on two? Well, it says we're talking to us. It's fine. We're good. We're okay. We didn't make any announcements that we were hopping on, so yeah. sorry about it, but but we are. We're going to be joining you on Wednesday mornings around 9 a.m. That's fun. Yeah. For unedited chats. We're, we're not exactly sure what it's all going to look like right now, but we are we are here taking action. Yes. Doing the thing. I am I am excited about doing the thing. Mm -hmm. I just I feel like there is momentum that is on our side and there's there's inspiration and I don't know. I just I'm excited. That doesn't take much. I'll admit that. But I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about what Jesus is doing. Yeah. And what he's doing around here isn't without tension. Oh yeah. Because yep. so much of it, we don't know what we're doing. We're mm -hmm. just saying yes and moving forward. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Yes. So sometimes the um, the, invita the invitation requires a response, but you don't necessarily have all the pieces. Mm -hmm. We're doing it anyway. That is an excellent point. Excellent point. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what keeps people held hostage to yesterday. Uh Absolutely. I know I've, I have been in that, that place where it's like, I, I can't see what's going to happen next or two steps down the way. Mm -hmm. And you just stay kind of frozen because it, it's easier to step into something when you can uh, really visualize what it all looks like. Right. And when you can, it's like, it's like uh, the Indiana Jones movie, uh, the last crusade where he's, uh, looking at this chasm but he can't actually see that there's a walkway there yes and he has to just on faith step out there and his his foot hits and he's okay and he realizes okay Gosh. i can walk across here and um so it's an excellent point to bring out that yeah. yes that's what we're doing around here right now we are uh, taking the steps, even though we we know that's what God is calling us into, so we're taking those steps. But He hasn't given us the what the full picture looks like. So yeah, and it's exciting. It is exciting, and I think that that we need to be okay with with fumbling. Like, yes, it's a part of it. It's just mm -hmm. a part of it. Like there, there's going to be. I always reference sports. Jeez Louise, there's always going to be turnovers. <laughs> it's it's how you respond to the turnover that matters, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I just, I think that we, we think that church should be polished, that we think that, that ministry life should um, be pristine, but let's just face it. The savior was born in a barn. Mm -hmm. So like, that's where we started. So I think it's okay for us to not know where we're going and just continue to take steps forward anyway. Yeah. The, uh, that, that's something else that we have talked about. Uh, in in looking at these changes that we're we're making and, and new things we're moving into is that uh, the polished um, presentation, the polished performance, is not what you're going to encounter here. Right. That will not be the experience here. 
Um, Angie has talked about this as uh, being more of a teaching hospital. So you are going to see people who have an assignment and they are going to uh, be empowered to uh, to exercise yeah. that here. And so that is not going to necessarily be polished in the beginning of, of right. figuring out what that looks like and trying right. out new things. Yeah. Well, so. and, and we know that we know for sure, we are certain that we are called to raise up disciples. Mm-hmm. And um, that that is going to require us to have those those blinders on so that, you know, we can't look to the left or to the right and compare it to something else because it's not going to look the same. And that's got to be okay. Mm-hmm. We have to be okay with that, that what it is that God is calling us to do isn't going to look like other ministries. And that's easier said than done. Because it's easy to look at other ministries and be like, I think we might have got it wrong. Or to listen to prophetic voices and be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> or look at them and be like, ooh, we're just too small. We can't do that. Right. Oh, talk about that. Say more. Oh, this is a huge <laughs> thing. I've I've listened to some podcasts from uh, some very well-known people who have big ministries doing big things. And I hear the same language in that just this morning hearing the same language in there that we have used here without knowing that's what they're doing. What uh, some of the things that we are uh, moving into and, and starting here in 2022, uh, they're doing also mm-hmm. on a scale that I had no idea about. Wow. And in the same manner that we are talking about stepping into these things. And so it's, it's very easy to look at that and be like, wow, um, that's so huge. How are we going to uh, compete with that? Or how are we going to um, be able to do it in, again, this polished way that they are able to because they have this huge budget? Right. And we don't. So that uh, comparison game to larger ministries or more polished uh, presentations, um, oh, wow, they can really get your, your focus off. Right. Uh, if you just let that feed into what it is that we're doing here, what it is we're being called, what we're seeing, to be an encouragement to say, oh, yeah, th- it can be done. And God's moving us in that. It- it's probably not going to look like that. It's obviously not going to be the exact same right. thing because we have very specific uh, uh, points we're moving into this year. And so that that comparison is another thing you have to um, have outside of the blinders. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you let that get in front of you, wow, can it derail you? Yes. And then you're right back in that point where uh, you're not taking action. Right. Because I don't have the budget. I don't have the people. I don't have this or that, whatever the thing is, mm-hmm. whatever the resource is right. that you think you don't have. You do. Right. And then it just becomes a game of shoots and ladders mm-hmm. where it's like you're, you're making progress, but then you look and you see what, what you don't have or mm-hmm. what you're not doing yet. And and then there's the, there's the shoot all the way back down to the beginning. And there's a point in that. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel like in these, in these toddling moments where God is just like, trust me, mm-hmm. trust me that I know what I'm doing. And that one, like his, the Bible tells us that his word will not return to him void. Like right. it's not going to return to him empty. And if he says that, why don't we just believe it? That's mm-hmm. my big thing. It's like my, my only thing to do here is not to make something happen, but to continue to say yes. But yes mm-hmm. to what? 
And that was a question that that we had to to answer. Like we actually use the we we love a whiteboard around here. Oh yeah. And um, make fun of it all you want. I will never change my ways. <laughs> I love the whiteboard. <laughs> Just helps the visualization process. Yes. And. Um, <clears throat> Yes, because when I see something written out, it's just it's so much easier for me to process through. But um, we were we knew that God was like bringing in a massive shift, and but couldn't really like articulate what it was, and um, and and it was like being in a state of mourning, like oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. everything I thought this was going to be, like you're now saying no to, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was more like, are you willing? To put all of it on the chopping block. Are you willing to submit all of these things to me and and and, and allowing me to, you know, go through these things and, and decide what gets to say, what gets to be empowered, what gets yeah. to have the the breath of life on it mm-hmm. for this season? And it was like, finally, you know, like, okay, hands off. Like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to meddle. I got to meddle in what it is that that you're bringing because, and I had to conclude, and I think that we both did. We had to conclude that why am I why am I wrestling with God? Like right. He knows what He's doing, and He knows what He created me for. Mm-hmm. So if it is beyond what my small vision was, then this is going to be great. Yes, exactly. Right, because even the small vision that I've been able to enter into and participate in, that at one point in my life was beyond recognition like there was no way when I was even 25 years old that I could see myself doing what I'm doing now that was like what like no Angie does not speak in front of people and she barely speaks to the person next to her you know that I mean it was just like my personality was not going to yield to that kind of a calling mm-hmm. and yet here we are and so of course you know being able to say okay God you know do do what you want like we'll go where you send us and um, and we were uncertain as to whether, you know, Sunday mornings were going to be a part of the the things that got removed. And because we really felt a passionate call to disciple people who know what the call is on their life, who have the dream and knowing that it's going to cost everything, not just for the person that's being discipled, but there's a cost on those who disciple, like yeah. a, a, a lofty price. On those who disciple i mean there it takes everything yes it kind of takes the wind out of your sails <laughs> yeah, certainly can it can, yes because it's messy and and that was something that um i actually caught on the cost of being discipled and and came to this conclusion that oh my gosh like not everybody's called to be discipled not everybody yes. hear me this says, probably sounds heretical, but understand what I'm saying. Like, not everybody is called to follow Jesus like that. Not everybody can answer the call. Maybe that's a better way to to word that. And um, it, it's just like Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus invited him to be a disciple, to come and follow him, and Nicodemus couldn't give him a yes. Yeah. And and that that's that's got to be reality for us. Is not everybody's going to be able to answer the call. Everybody will probably receive an invitation. But not everybody's going to be able to pay the price, and because it will cost everything. Yeah. And again, that's not just for the person that's saying yes to, like, yeah, I want to follow Jesus like that. I want to give up everything to to this call mm-hmm. on my life. But it costs those who step into the arena of discipling. And I think that as a church, we haven't done that well. That we we have permitted all of the various excuses and. 
you know, all of the things that, that humanity can can conjure up to yeah. to uh, say no to to Jesus. But we're looking for the people that are wanting to say yes, yes. and and be all in and are willing to submit their lives to honestly, it, it's unto another, right? Like we submit yeah. unto another. So you're submitting to the authority that Jesus has placed on the lives of those who are leading, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. This is not where we plan to go, but I think it's a good it's a good direction. Yeah, yeah, and and it's okay. Like not everybody is going to answer that call, yeah. and that's okay. God still loves you. You know, you are Absolutely. still His child. You are still a son or daughter. You're still a a king and a part of the royal priesthood. Absolutely, that does not change. And so we just want to be clear on that point as well. Um, but to come to that realization that not everybody is going to answer that call, um, that's kind of that's kind of a shock. Yeah. Because um, it's just one of those things, you know, in the Christian life, you just that's expected of you to, in whatever way that looks like, to yeah. answer that call, and it's just not the reality of it. Um, uh, people are going to uh, wind up with different assignments by not answering that call. Right. And that's, it's okay. Yeah. It is okay. You just do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not to say that we don't want to work with people with a dream. Well, yeah, because right. we very much do. And that was another thing I was going to say is, uh, even if it's not discipleship unto, uh, ministry, yeah. uh, there is a, a space we have carved out to work with people have a dream that maybe falls into some other place. Maybe it's um, uh, art or maybe it's uh, starting a business or whatever, whatever the dream is. Right. Yeah. Whatever that dream is, uh, we are making space to work with them as well. Uh, That that looks much different, obviously, than working with somebody who's going cycling. Right. Um, But uh, that is uh, more of a mentorship uh, yeah. relationship. And and we we still access the same spirit to work with those people as right. we do in that uh, discipling uh, space. And so there are still uh, big dreams that come out of that solutions, uh, uh, vision for the future. It's, it's still very exciting and it's a lot of fun for us to still do that as well. Yes. Oh gosh, that's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. is to is to be able to see the dream that somebody holds, and and then begin to like see them turn and face it. I mean, that's yeah. just like there is no thrill for me like that, where someone gets like that amped up feeling of like, oh my gosh, I think I might actually pursue this. Yes, <laughs> and that's exciting. That's what excites me about discipleship too is that it's just a lot more hands on, yeah. and um, actually. <clears throat> One of our our dear dear ladies in, in our church that um, that just really you know she'll speak into our lives whenever she has the opportunity and, and prays for us. We just absolutely love having Kalina part of this. But she she pulled me aside and she was like, you know, I, I see what what it is that, that God's calling you to do, and it's going to cost you everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just had gotten done telling everyone else, like, this is going to cost you everything. And, and, you know, and I've paid a high price to be where I'm at anyway. And, um, and but she's just like, this is going to cost you your reputation because no, not everyone is going to understand 
<clears throat> excuse me, what, what it is that, that God is calling you to do mm-hmm. and is requiring of you. Yeah. And, and it is true. And she's like, and I just see that like your hands are dirty, like your hands are in the soil and you've got dirt underneath your nails. And, and then she went into this whole, like the talking about the fire brand of the Lord and that the, the, he's branding me. And I'm just like, I was like ultimately wow. undone in the moment and it was so funny like the moment was hilarious because it couldn't have been any more um any more discipling than this because it was sheer chaos the entire time that she is trying to like get this word out <laughs> over my life and I kid you not during this like five minute time span there were probably six people that came up and interrupted us <laughs> And I was like, gosh, this is such a picture. This is such a picture of what discipling is, what it looks like, because there is always distraction. There is. There's always going to be a pull to be distracted by something else. Yeah. And um, and that's what you have to guard against, mm-hmm. is realizing that, like, no, like, it's the blinders. Put the blinders on and leave them on. Dang it. <laughs> right. and, and we know that that the ask that, that we are partnering with Jesus and, and the ask that we are putting on people's lives, we know that it's, it's slightly rigid. I mean, mm-hmm. would you say that's true? Maybe that's a harsh word, but. No, I, I think that's, that's the correct terminology to be used uh, Yeah, because there has to be some rigidity to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It has to be a more of a structured thing because, because we're trying to uh, help keep the blinders on right. and, Really, that's that is the the best analogy about what that needs to to look like. Right, is you've got to put the blinders on and be singularly focused mm-hmm. towards Jesus. Right, and uh, right, yeah, and, and seeing that promise, like have mm-hmm. it ever before you, and, um, and and he ultimately he wants good things for us. Like he yes. saturates us in goodness and and covered. I mean, like there is just nothing that he won't do on on our behalf so yes the the chasing down the call as far as discipleship is concerned there is like there's a rigidity to it and and we have to be okay with that Mm -hmm. and that's hard because you want like those those of you who step into a space of discipling it's hard to maintain those boundaries and and not want to soften them. And, um, and and even as a mom, like, you know, you, you tell your kids no a hundred times and, and then it's like 101 and you're like, okay, (laughs) like I'm done fighting. And, and you just kind (laughs) of cave. And, um, but so it's, it's like being on guard and being on guard all hours of the day and realizing that like, this is going to be, it's going to be a tough road, but, God knows what he's doing. And I refuse to make a fool out of God. You know, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to say yes to him. And then, you know, five days down the road, be like, it's too much. You don't know what you're doing, God. You know, and that's what I mean by saying that, like, I'm not going to make a fool out of God. He knows what he's doing in me. He knows what he's doing through me. And I just need to trust Mm -hmm. that, that he does. Like he knows where it's at. So anyway, we said all of that, introduce all of that information to say that that's where we know yeah. the focus 
is. And with that, we have we have what we call the boundary lines, and um, which would be values, the values yes. of our organization. And um, there's I don't know how many there are. I should I should know this information, but I don't. I, don't I think know. there's around ten. Something like that is like eight to ten, something like that. And one of them is radical obedience, and um, and that's the one that we really feel like Jesus is pinpointing for this year, especially. Mm-hmm. And because I think that where we're going, where he's taking us to establish us is going to require radical obedience that to a T that we're doing what he says to do. And this is not outside of, you know, us having choices to make. Right. Because I do think that that God presents choices where he's like, what do you want? Like just make the decision. And and we're acknowledging the fact that sometimes, especially within Christianity, we're like, you make the decision because if it goes wrong, if we do fumble, if there is a turnover, I need it to be God's fault. Right. And not because I just maybe wasn't clear mm-hmm. on, on the directions. And that's where I'm saying, like, we have to be okay with the turnovers. We have to be okay with the fumbles, with the, yeah. the, the stumbling, falling down. But get back up. Like, the game is still going. One of my pet peeves, and this happens in girls' basketball all the time because girls are mess. They, the, the opponent, a player on the opposing team will fall down. The game does not stop. But you will see girls stop in the middle of the game. Are you okay? No, we don't have time for that. Like, they'll get up. They're going to be fine. <laughs> And that's what, and I realize that even in saying that, that people are like, oh, you just don't care. No, it's actually the opposite. I care so much that I know if I take the time to stop and coddle you in that space, you will not get up. You'll delay your obedience and stay there and be like, but I fell down. Yep. The game didn't stop. Get up. Right. Right? Like, you just need to get up. You need to come to the place where you don't need someone to stand over you and say, are you okay? Because you are. Mm-hmm. You're okay. You're okay. Just because you, you fell down, just because you stumbled, turned the ball over, mm-hmm. fumbled, that doesn't speak to anything outside of you being human. Right. And there's there's margin for that. Mm-hmm. But get up. Right? Right. Get up. <laughs> because when you get up, and you you look at what just happened, you can pull stuff out and be like, okay. Yeah. Next time this starts to come around, I'll be able to recognize it, and I'm not going to fall down. Right. I'm going to be able to just go right through it, right around it, over it, whatever the, whatever it is. Yeah. But you're not going to fall down in the same way twice. And that's why it's important to quickly get up mm-hmm. and not stay there. Because the longer you stay there, you will completely miss what what god could be showing you in that moment right because it's not his fault that you fell down Mm -hmm. but he will use that for your good right but you got to quickly get up right and it's so interesting because back in like october my husband was re-watching friday night lights the tv show and in this show I've seen this probably five times now because he's obsessed. If you're watching, I'm calling you out. Um, <laughs> and um, in one of the episodes, QB1 goes out, 
he's paralyzed, he can't play anymore. So it comes down to Matt Saracen. Matt Saracen is the quiet kid who does no wrong. He shows up, he does everything that he's supposed to do, but you never notice him because he's content to just exist. Well, now something's required of him because he is the backup quarterback. And, um, and, and the coach is even like, are you kidding me? Like I'm left with Matt Saracen. So the coach has to change his mind, right? How many times have we had to do that about people? <laughs> like yep. change my mind. <laughs> Let me see the person the way that you see them. And this happens, this transpires in this episode. And he, the coach goes to Matt Saracen's house. He tells him, get in my truck. And he takes him to the football field. It's dark. And they turn the, the lights on. And here he is in the middle of this football field. And the coach is putting an expectation on his life. And Matt has never had to meet any expectations other than just existing. And um, they turn on even like the noise of a crowd. And so, you know, it, it's like probably midnight. And they've got him out here. And they have this expectation on his life. And, and, and the coach just hands him the football. And he says, run the routes. And, and, and the, I mean, like, the, the expectation that this coach has on his life is so lofty. And he's, he's, he's expecting him to be loud. He wants to hear him over the, the crowd noise. And um, and, he, and he wants him to run these routes perfectly. And at first, you know, Matt's just, like, you know, going through the motions. And the coach gets in his face and, you know, the football coach slobbering, <laughs> screaming at him. And, um, and, and Matt is just, like, shaken by this because... What's happening is he's he's having to awaken um, Matt Saracen to who he really is, and um, and he the requirement that this coach puts on his life is just stellar, and um, so in the middle of all this, the coach is like, "Screw, I can't hear you!" And so by the end of it, of course, Matt's voice is raised above the crowd noise, and he's running these routes, and and he's doing it to perfection, the perfection that the coach is demanding of him, and in the middle of it, God starts talking. And he's like, that's what I need you to be. And I'm like, what? I'm like, pause, <laughs> rewind. <laughs> and so I make John rewind the whole thing. And I'm sitting here going, and I'm like crying because I'm just like, because I identify more with that coach mm -hmm. than the expectation of being a soft and gentle pastor mm -hmm. that I, I feel like people expect of me. Yeah. And, and, and God is going, that's who I need you to be, and that's what this next season is about. And I'm just like, holy cow. And that's hard. It's a hard yeah. shift to go from this expectation of, of being, you know, soft and gentle. And not only that, but I'm, I'm, I am a woman, in case you didn't notice. And, and so there's an expectation on that, too, that I'm being yeah. motherly or whatever. And um, Or be the one standing over. Are you okay? Are you okay? Like, yeah. I would come to your need. And actually, that is more a false sense of Angie than me, you know, telling you, get up, like, let's go pick up your mat, right? right. Be well, let's go. And if I feel like God is giving me permission to be holy. Me. And um, what's interesting is like, if you follow the Enneagram on the Enneagram, I'm a four and a four actually goes to, to, to two in stress. And and the two is the helper, right? So that that's how you can know, like, if I'm actually coming to your aid and and I'm being mushy and like coddling you, you may be concerned. You that's reason for concern because <laughs> I shouldn't actually be doing that. It's yeah. just not in my it's not in my nature to to default to that. Now I am kind, 
time. I will see you in your pain. But I'm just saying that in the season, I know what God is requiring of me. He's like, be that coach. Be that coach who's willing to shake people into their right identity, to step into their common, become something, and not just content with existing. And that's why I talk at length about get off the dang sidelines. Yeah. Like we cannot be on the sidelines. It's not where anyone belongs. Mm-hmm. Know your part and run it. And run it well. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So good. I thought I would be good at that. Yeah. It was it was a profound moment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everything, I, I, it, like in the, I didn't wasn't planning on talking about that, but in the middle of this conversation, God was like reminding me, I told you. And now I'm going, oh. <laughs> the pieces for me sometimes come together in awkward moments. So you're getting to see that in real time. You're welcome. Yeah, I guess the only thing I would add to that is like we have talked recently um, when we went through submission. Yeah. Talking about submitting one to another. Iron sharpening iron. That is um, that is not a soft thing. That is abrasive. Yes. Um, it, it's it creates heat and, and there's pressure involved with that. And with that, it, it's not soft and gentle. It doesn't look that way. Yeah. Uh, um, because when you are being sharpened by another person, it's gonna likely feel a little uncomfortable right and and that's a good thing yeah yes you, you know when you start to to feel that you should kind of be like oh all right right and and, and kind of push into that and press into it mm-hmm. and really pull on on whatever is being presented to you to sharpen you yeah it should be something that you look forward to rather than than feel like oh this is like uh um confrontation right or something that you're you're coming down on me or whatever wow that's not it that's not it so yeah like you said if if angie's coming at you soft you should be like mm, this isn't right it's stressed <laughs> either that or um she's pulling her punches with me and why is that happening? oh yeah why are that you often. yeah why are you deciding to pull punches on me um, that that's that's likely something you Shoot, should. Shoot, I got it myself. <laughs> but it's good because um, this is an example of what we talked about when we say, "Know what it is you're carrying, and share that with the community, so we can hold you accountable." To right. That. And so this yeah. is this is an easy one to be like, oh. You're pulling punches on me here. Yeah. This is not what. Well, where is it that um, I need to be sharpened right mm-hmm. now? Well, and, and and ultimately the call is to advance the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Is to, to break into that kingdom realm and advance it. And and our revenue is people. That's yeah. I mean that's what we're stewarding is, is people and, and disciples. Mm-hmm. We are stewarding disciples, and I want to know that we're spending them well. Yes. And um, it, it's a it's a high. There's a high price to be paid for discipling and mm-hmm. discipleship. And um, I'm not saying, please understand what I'm saying. It's like, it costs everything. And I'm not saying that it, it's a monetary exchange. I'm just saying that there, there's a high price to be paid yeah. for that. And, and it really will cost you everything. Everything mm-hmm. that brings you or has brought you comfort has to change mm-hmm. because that's what's kept you stuck. 
is what's kept you in, in a place of complacency. And, and if you have said yes to being discipled, then you need to be willing to have that drill sergeant in your face and, right. and be, and have a right response to that. And, um, and, and know what, know that they have, those people have your best in mind. Like my job is to keep my eyes fixed on the vision God has placed on your life, mm-hmm. the promise that is on your life and making sure that everything that you're doing has you facing the heat of that promise right. and, um, and and to make sure that you're not turning your back on it or allowing yourself to be sidelined. That, that can't happen. Mm-hmm. It just can't. And um, so it, it's, it's an intense calling and I feel like it's intensifying. And like, even with, uh, I've got a kid that lives out of state and, you know, he's going through some really hard things right now. And mm-hmm. I found myself like just naturally slipping into this and I'm going, Oh shoot. Like he's sobbing and like, maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should be like, it's, gonna be okay. it's hard to turn off the mom. It is, but no, what I'm saying, like, it was the opposite. Like, it was like, I was coming at him super intense. Like, no, we need to know, like, what does this mean? <laughs> and how are we going to grow from this? And you can't stay here. And it, it actually, you know, I, I, I was like, I want to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, honey, it's going to be okay. I can cry with him because, you know, more with those who mourn. But don't stay there. Like we yeah. have to move beyond that. And, um, and we did, and it was helpful to him that mm-hmm. like, it, that's exactly what he needed was for someone to shake him out of that. Mm-hmm. And, and right now we're kind of yo-yoing and falling back into it and having to repeat, and, but that's part of it also. And I'm, I'm okay with that as long as there is a response mm-hmm. of like, right. I remember, I remember going in. Yes. So anyway, it's, it's hard to shut off once it's on. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, I, I understand better, even through this conversation, understand better why God is like Sunday morning, pulling off a Sunday morning service is not actually the call on your life. Right. And, um, and you need your focus to be somewhere else. And I'm feeling that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling that even in, you know, Sunday mornings, like being in it and going like, the power isn't here anymore. Like this is not where the this is not where I feel like. The, have you ever been in that space where you feel bulletproof and you know yeah. that it's that the authority of the Lord? Mm-hmm. And it's like that's not where it is for me anymore. It's it's not on Sunday mornings. It's, it's actually working with people and getting dirty you know, to the soil of their life. And um, so anyway. So that's a good segue. Yeah. That just kind of happened. Yeah. Unplanned because. Unplanned. Up till now, none of that conversation was planned. Right, but it's so been good. It has been. Um, that is uh, discipleship. That this is the, the one of the big things. Like when we were evaluating Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. um, God was asking us, you know, like this can't be your focus. Sunday morning can't be the the, the focus of unedited life right. and and the central point of everything we do. And so He was asking us, you know, to just stop doing it mm-hmm. and really what we figured out uh through a lot of conversation and and just time with him uh that he was wanting us to change the conception of what we were doing on sunday morning yeah and if di- discipleship is really what we are uh, supposed to be doing it had to change uh because 
the way church is normally done does not lend itself to discipleship. It lends itself to a program. Right. Uh, and, gathering. And, yeah, a gathering and, and order of service. And you check the block down the down the order of service, did that, did that, did that. And everybody that attends gets to check the block that they went to church that week. And then they walk away and maybe things change for an hour. Mm -hmm. Maybe they change for a day. But there's no sustainability uh, throughout their lives, uh, throughout their, their days and, and weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, because there is no discipleship there. There's no, there's no real conversation. There is no push to be in the space of Holy Spirit every single day. Right. Uh, looking uh, for answers from Him. Yeah. Looking for conversation, pushing into uh, the union and that relationship that you have with with Father, Son, and Spirit. Yeah. And so that's why we decided to start doing these. Uh, workshop style discussions uh the following sunday after a teaching yeah and so uh this coming sunday is one of those and so we have some some questions that uh we're going to give you today that we are going to go through on sunday and talk about and between now and then is your opportunity to uh sit with holy spirit and and, and talk to him about these things Start uh, uncovering things, uh, receiving re revelation and yeah. wisdom about about the kingdom. Yeah. And so uh, the title of of Angie's teaching this last week was "Seek First. So. Yeah. Yeah, we talked all about the kingdom realm. Mm -hmm. Not that we concluded anything, but we talked about it. <laughs> and you know, and this is this is it. I'm glad you said that because what we decided about these workshops is. We're not trying to make any conclusions. Yeah. We do not want to conclude anything. We want to have a discussion. Yeah. We want to hear people's thoughts. Uh, we want to hear uh, what Holy Spirit's saying to you because it's going to be unique. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has a unique expression of freedom. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's being birthed out of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so often in conversations, and this has just been my experience, I'm sure that, that y'all can relate to this, is like, especially in like team leader meetings that, that I've been a part of historically, is there will be a conversation, something will be said, somebody in the room gets heated, refuses to give language to it, and alters the atmosphere mm -hmm. in the room. I mean, we've, oh, well, we've yeah. experienced this over and many, over many and times. over and not just I'm not just talking about here. I'm no. talking about like historically, and um, and sometimes you know this goes to the nth degree. And and the problem with holding in what it is that that um, it starts off as like Holy Spirit identifying something in us, and like there's there's something that's being said that isn't sitting well, and when we refuse to acknowledge that in a group setting, then it just festers and it turns into something that it never should have been. And now we now we have a conflict on our hands, mm -hmm. and so I, I'm saying this because I feel like if we're not careful with um, how we're showing up to these workshop Sundays, we're going to have conflict that we're having to deal yeah. with. Now you can deal with whatever's coming up with you in the moment, being like, "Okay, when you said that, I felt whatever," and rather than like because it's what happens is that so quickly turns into blaming right or um say, you know especially in the church world we love to be like 
that was witchcraft or when she said this, it was that. And, you know, like we jumped to these ridiculous conclusions and we began to label people rather than sitting with what it was that they said. So I think that it's really important that, that we not come into the space thinking that we're going to conclude anything or that anyone in the room has the answers to anything, nor do I expect you to show up with the answer. I'm not going to listen to anything that anyone says and be like, that's it. Right. I might be like, whoa, that was the crowd. That's good. Yeah. And I'm going to take that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to line up with some scripture. I'm going to be like, Holy Spirit, what do you say? Right. And then, like, up from there, I'm going to be like, okay, like, that was awesome. Now we have more intel mm-hmm. on what the kingdom realm is about. And so it's more like gathering information that could potentially become revelation, right? right. We are not going to call anything from these conversation solid revelation because we are called to weigh things to judge things and and then we can be like oh wow that's true right and and we're called to search things out yes yes and that's that's part of what we're after and and one the one thing that we will do that will look like correction is is if if things start to get off topic um we're just going to make it known now. We will stop it yeah. and be like, that's off topic. Let's, let's just redirect. And it's okay. Yeah. No, no judgment or anything because it happens. Yeah. Um, in, in conversations, you'll be talking about one thing and then all of a sudden it's, you know, it's the, the YouTube cat video thing. How did I get here? <laughs> yes. And we don't want to, we don't want these workshops to be like that because we want to be very intentional about the conversations. Right. And so that's why we have the questions that we are going to walk through, give everybody opportunity to to say what they have to say on topic. And so if it gets off topic, we'll just steer it back. So just know that. Right. Yeah. And with love. Of I course. Mean, like again, we want to make sure that we're all facing the promise. Mm-hmm. And and that looks like it, the workshop is ultimately discipleship. We want to learn how yes. to have brilliant conversations and I said this I think last week sometime is that we as Christians as Christ followers suck in our communities because we don't know how to have conversations we, know we how do to, not know how to effectively communicate we know how to get offended we know how to be offended and that's pretty much the extent and it, it goes from offense to lashing out yes like that and, and that is actually not influence <laughs> <laughs> turns out and that's what we're wanting to learn how to do is to to have influence, not just in our little huddle, but but out there in whatever sphere of influence God is is giving us so that we can rightly engage in proper communication, yeah. which means, you know, first we're hearing each other and, and being willing to understand, you know, what, oh, where did that come from? You just said this, and I'm just curious, like, where did that come from? One of my favorite things was like, whoa, like, love what you said, but tell me more. <laughs> I want to know what's sitting behind that. Yes. And um, and so that's probably what it's going to look like. And for the most part, I feel like, you know, our job in, in the workshop conversations is uh, referee, you know, to, to be able to be like, wait, what? Like, say that again. Mm-hmm. Or um, hold on, you know, um, before you react to that, like, let, let's, I want to hear more. And, yeah. um, and just feeling like, uh, and that's like, 
for me, it's easy to step into that being like, whoa, I see that there's more sitting behind that. And so it, I think it's going to be fun to be able to pull more conversation out. And, and I'm just hoping that everybody it comes with something because it's not like a, uh, well, okay, these people are the ones that are leading this. And nope. It's oh, just, no, there's not going to be anybody up on stage. No, it's, um, it's the nights at the round table. Right. Um, that, I like it. And, and like Angie said, our, our job's more referee yeah. uh, than participant. We are going to host this. Um, we can help get things started. Yeah. But really, this is, this is opportunity because we don't want to have the the single person on the platform where everybody's looking to for answers because then that person becomes the one you're discipling towards and not Jesus. And and we have talked about this for, um, I don't know, since the beginning of this, this organization. So since the start. Yes. Because you shouldn't look like us. You should look like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if we are ever caught discipling someone to to look like us to take on our appearance then we have failed the mission so you you are to look like jesus Mm -hmm. do you you have a question i do so here we go i feel like we need a drum roll drum roll yeah hear it in your head hear it in your head (laughs) and okay the first question we're going to go through and we are going to go through these in this order uh, the first one is, what does it look like for you to seek first the kingdom? You specifically, what does that look like to seek first the kingdom? Question number two, what are your thoughts on the unseen realm? Question number three, how do you know you're in the kingdom realm? Love that one. I do love that one. That one's going to be a fun one. That will be fun. And then the fourth one and Angie did ask this Sunday morning, is what am I making the way for? In context, that was about, we were reading about John the mm-hmm. Baptist, and mm-hmm. he was talk, you know, talking about how his assignment was to make way for, for the Savior. And I feel like so much of the calling in our lives is like, what, what are we making the way for? Yeah. And so just to give you a little bit of context on, on that question, that's what it is that, that we're talking about is, unto what? That's another big question that we've been asking ourselves. Yeah. Uh, until what? We're doing that, but until what? Mm-hmm. So anyway, guys, thanks for being with yeah. us at whatever point of today or tomorrow or Friday. And we will update on. the description to have those questions in there. Yeah. So, so have a blessed Wednesday. Yeah. We will see all of you at Presence Night tonight at 630. 630. All right. Bye.